Welcome to the Church of Philadelphia podcast. Get ready for this message to ignite your faith as the power and love of God is shared through his word. Amen. Amen. As we're continuing to push and press through, we're still in the encounter series, but we're at the junction where we're talking about encounter the faces of worship, right? Y'all know worship is my thing, right? So we're now talking about worship, encountering God through worship, right? And so if you can indulge me, but let's honor God, let's stand for the reading of God's holy word. And y'all know what I mean. You get to be some gymnast regardless of your age, your weight, or your flexibility. We're going to flip over to the book of First Chronicles, First Chronicles chapter number 16. And we're going to land a perfect 10 on verse number 1. So First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 1. And here begins the reading of God's holy word. It says, So they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it. And they offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings before God. And when David had made an end of offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And he dealt to everyone of Israel, both man and woman, to everyone a loaf of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. And he appointed certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord and to record and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel. Asaph the chief, and next to him Zechariah, Jael, Shemarah, Shemarah, Shem. Lord, I'm messing this. Shem. His name is gonna be Shem in Jesus' wonderful name. And Jael, and Mattathiah, and Eliab, and Benaniah, and Obed Eder, and Jael, and with psalteries and with harps, but Asaph made a sound with cymbals. Benaniah also and Jehaziel, the priest with trumpets continually before the ark of the covenant of God. You could be seated in the presence of the living God. No devil, I'm not embarrassed that I stumbled over that man's name. His name is going to be Shem in Jesus' wonderful name. Everybody know what I'm saying. If you was reading along with me, his name is uh, Shem in Jesus' name. So you could be seated in the presence of the living God. Amen. Listen, the text that we're going to be working with on today is simply entitled, well, Welcome into this place. Welcome into this place. Welcome into this place. Amen. And so we arrived at this because what's actually taking place, right? Now, there was a familiar passage of Scripture that, that cross-references this actual story over in the book of 2 Samuel, chapter number 6, right? And we see what's actually taking place, right? David has this desire to bring the Ark of the Covenant back into the city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is his capital city. Jerusalem, also known as Zion, right? And again, we say it's a capital city. And we note the importance of a capital city because it's, it's where all the governmental activities actually take place inside the capital cities. It's where all things important actually happen and take place, right? So when we think about the capital city, right, capital city denotes, right, it's a Latin word that denotes or it means, you know, uh, of the head. So simply put, it's the head of the territory. So the capital city, that being Jerusalem, also known as Zion, it is of the head or it is the head of the territory. It is where all the military expertise and decisions are actually made it is where the palace or where the governmental structure will actually be founded and built upon right here in Jerusalem right and so one thing we know dealing with the Israelite people one thing that they're not going to do is be without the presence of God and so the Ark of the Covenant actually represents the presence of God and so David is desiring to bring the Ark of the Covenant back into the, the, the city of Jerusalem now his capital city his place where you know all of his uh, businesses and things will actually take place right because they recaptured the Ark of the Covenant now remember 
the scripture lets us know that in route and trying to bring the Ark of the Covenant, Ahio and Uzzah, you know, two brothers, you know, they had placed the Ark of the Covenant on a new cart, right? This new way of trying to move the Ark of the Covenant, whereas it was the Levites who would take the poles through the rings and they would carry the Ark of the Covenant, right? And so by by now placing the Ark of the Covenant on this new cart, hinting at a new way of trying to bring or carry the presence of God. Listen, it, it, it brought about destruction because when the oxen caused the Ark to stumble, right, the, the Ark of the Covenant was actually getting ready to fall off of the new cart, right? And Uzzah, although he was trying to do a, a good deed, he reached out and touched the Ark of the Covenant. Well, understand, God smote him. The scripture talks about how God smote him right on the spot, meaning God killed the man. God killed the man right on the spot because he was not authorized to touch the presence of God. Not even the Levites, you know, in this subsect on the inside of them, that being the priests, were not authorized to touch the Ark of the Covenant. Hence, the poles as they place it through the rings of, of being able to actually carry the Ark of the Covenant. It, it, it wasn't designed for them to actually place their literal hands on the Ark of the Covenant. And we see what the response was when someone actually touched the Ark of the Covenant, right? So this thing displeased David to the point. He understood like, okay, we cannot bring the Ark of the Covenant back as of yet. So the Ark of the Covenant ended up staying for three months at the house of Obed-Edom, right? And the Bible talks about everything pertaining to or everything connected to everyone and everything that was connected to Obed-Edom, it was blessed. His house and everything that was connected to him was blessed. I don't know about you. I wish, I wish I can have the presence of God just for three months and everything that's connected to me, everybody that's connected to me. The scripture say was blessed, right? And this is what happened. After three months, David decides, okay, we're now going to bring. I think we're ready. We have regrouped. We refocused. We know what we need to do in order to get the Ark of the Covenant back in our midst, right? And so the thing is, when we come to verse number one, the scripture talks about, so they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched, right? So now this is the thing. This is the tent or the tabernacle that David has constructed for the presence of God. Remember that David had a desire to build God a house, right? But we understand God would not allow him to actually build the temple. It would be Solomon who would actually build the temple. So God allowed him to bring about this, this, this tent, this, this tabernacle, this fabric made tabernacle or fabric made tent right so this is not the same tent that Moses had built the tent that Moses had built is now actually still erected in Gibeah or Gibeon I should say in Gibeon right and you'll take note of that if you were to flip over to first Chronicles chapter number 21 you'll see when David is in the jam because David can't necessarily get there he's trying to get to Moses tent that is erected in Gibeon so we see it's not the same tent that Moses had this is a different tent that is going to be now used as a tabernacle or the place or the home or the habitation for God to abide in, right? So it talks about, so they brought the ark of God and they set it in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it, right? And they offer burnt sacrifices and peace offerings before God. Now, when we come back to the title of the text, we're talking about welcoming to this place. Now, the place that they're welcoming the presence of God is the city of Jerusalem, right? So it's not just good to welcome God into a geographical location, but but we also want to make sure that we welcome God into this place right here, this mobile, this moving tabernacle, this moving living temple, right? So we want to make sure we 
welcome God in here, but let's also welcome God into our geographical location. So I'm now talking about welcome God into your homes, right? So don't just welcome him to your heart, but welcome him into your home. So what we see, they're welcoming God into this place, that place being Jerusalem or that uh, also known as Zion, which is the capital city, right? So again, when we start going back to these points about the capital city, meaning it's of the head or it's the head of the territory, right? Zion, we understand Zion. It, it, it's, it's, it points to the city of worship. It, it, it was known as the place of worship, the city of worship or the city of David. Zion and Jerusalem used as interchangeable names, right? So what we're simply saying by Jerusalem or Zion being the capital city, Worship and praise must abide at the forefront or it must be at the center of everything that we do. If we're going to be successful as a nation, as a people, worship and praise or praise and worship must be at the forefront, the head of everything that we do. Right now, this word Zion, the name Zion is also interpreted or defined as signpost, signpost and a signpost meaning a sign, right, a sign signpost or sign basically simply means it's something indicating the presence or existence of something or someone else right now this someone is actually God so when we say Jerusalem interchangeably meaning Zion which is the capital city right or the city of David or the city of worship the place of worship right it is acting as a sign to let people know, listen, it is indicating that, listen, the presence and the existence of God, it is here. And while, how do you know? Because all you got to do is take a look around. All you got to do is open up your ears and you'll hear the praise and you'll hear the worship indicating that the presence of our God, it is here. Now, we understand this is what the Ark of the Covenant symbolizes. The Ark of the Covenant actually symbolizes the manifested presence of God. So not only do we have the tangible manifested presence of God here, this is the reason why we praise and this is the reason why we worship God, right? So hinting at Jerusalem or Zion, it is a signpost indicating that the presence of God is here. If you take his presence, we are nothing. We have nothing. You know, we, 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 we can't, we, we, we no longer are victorious, right? If you take the presence of God away. And see, this is what the Israelite people were having to endure, except for Obed-Edom, right? Because the scripture lets us know that the presence of God or the ark of God remained at his house for three months. Uh, can you imagine having to live without the presence of God for three months? Oh, do you know somebody? And can you relate? Uh, uh, you see, this is where you ought to be grateful and you ought to be thankful why you ought to be lifting up your hands and why tears should be streaming down your face. The fact that you have his presence, but yet there's somebody close to you. I'm talking about in your family. I'm talking about might be your stepdad. It might be your second cousin. It might be your auntie. It might be your son and it might be your daughter who is living without the presence of God. And you see the way that life is going, how they have the ups and downs. And that doesn't mean that you as a believer don't have the ups and downs. It just means this right here although i have the ups and downs i can manage i can survive these ups and downs because i have him uh, there is a difference in how i go through my ups and how i go through my downs because i have him versus the individual who does not have him see i can come out of this situation i can come through this issue i can deal with this problem and come out with my mind still intact because he's my peace while somebody who does not have his presence they come out of this thing about to have a nervous breakdown about to have a mental breakdown 
straight down, but thanks be unto God, I got him. I have his presence. And see, I would not want to be in a place where I'm forced to have to live or I make a decision to live without the presence of God. I am who I am because of him. You got to understand. I am nothing without him. I can't make it without him. And that's why I am grateful to God that he gives me himself. Uh. So we're talking about how David has erected this tent, right? And they're bringing the presence of God to put it in the midst of them, in the midst of them, right? And this is, and David had pitched it for this, and they offered the burnt sacrifices and the peace offerings, right? Now, the burnt sacrifices is the same word for the burnt offerings, right? Now, when you think about this, let's go back to the word welcome, because again, they're welcoming God. Before I get into those sacrifices, they're welcoming God. The word welcome is simply defined as this tool accept with pleasure uh uh so in other words to welcome god into your geographical location that being your home but to also welcome god into this mobile temple you got to accept him with pleasure right so welcome means to accept with pleasure the occurrence or the presence of god we're talking about the presence of god and you got to understand he's not gonna come how you want him to come listen because we can't control who god is and how god come the fact that he's willing to come the fact that he's able to come and the fact that he does come you ought to be grateful and you ought to be thankful that he chose you that he saw you worthy enough to actually bring his presence to you or reveal his nature and his character and his presence to you right so this is the thing when God comes, you have to accept him with pleasure mm. And see, this is what I found out about God. Every time God comes, God doesn't come where he's coming with something that's so, so pleasurable. There are times that God comes and he comes to correct you. He comes to rebuke you. But listen, you would be encouraged. He said he chastens those whom he loves. You got to understand. So even when he comes to correct you and he has to demonstrate some tough love or some sternness, it is proof that he loves you. And you ought to embrace this, accept this with pleasure. Welcome God with pleasure because he's giving you you or bringing you his presence right and and like I said you should not want to be in that place where you should ever have to experience living without the presence of God right so again we're talking about welcome into this place now understand after they bring the ark of the covenant back into their midst remember when you go back into second Samuel remember how the scripture talks about David was so excited how he had on a linen ephod right he was so excited how he danced in such a way that he came up out of his kingly garments right it's his 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 majestic robe and all of that stuff and all and his wife michael she was so disappointed and you know how could you do this in front of all these maid servants and all these different he said because you got to understand this is unto god you know why because he chose me he chose me over your daddy he chose me over every other man and i'm so grateful because you got to understand he brought me from a pasture to the palace oh he poured his anointing upon me he chose me he saw something on the inside of me that i didn't recognize about myself he knew that i I would do something great that I would become somebody great he knew that I would welcome his presence into my life Uh, he knew that I was a man after his own heart he knew that I could be trusted with the assignment and with the responsibility that he's placed on my life to lead a nation oh see that's why I bless him the way that I bless him because I want him to know that he is worthy of the glory worthy of the honor and worthy of my worship my adoration and my admiration he is worthy to be exalted to be magnified and glorify he is God and God alone and beside him there is no other God that's why I bless him the way I bless you don't understand when I was out here trying to defend my daddy five sheep when these lion was coming 
when the bear came and how I had to defend these five sheep or ten sheep, however many sheep it were, you don't understand. When my life was in danger, I came up out of this only because of God. Uh, you got to understand when the bear stood up on his hind legs, it towered over me. And you got to understand I was only able to survive because the presence of God, God fought for me. It was God who defended me. It was God who protected me. I was victorious. Not because of my skill set, but it was because of the presence of God. That's what you got to understand. I understand I should not be here. I understand the lion should have took me out. I understand your daddy should have took me out. But thanks be unto God, God intervened. Uh, the hand of God was blocking this, and the hand of God blocked that, and the hand of God stopped that right there. I should not be here, but it was nothing but the grace and the mercy and the presence of our God. That's why my praise is as radical as it is because you don't know like I know what he's done for me. Oh, come on, help me preach it, Dave. You don't know like I know what he's done for me. That's why my praise is as radical as it is. So, so Michael, you need to go sit down somewhere. Let, let me just do what I do. Let me bless him because I'm good at blessing his wonderful name. That's what, that's what you got to understand. He's worthy of my praise and worthy of my worship, right? So now it talks about how they offer, the people offer, right? Uh, and, and when I say people, I'm talking about those, the priests, the Levitical order, that of the Levitical order. They're bringing about these burnt sacrifices, which is also known as burnt offerings, right? So now when we talk about the burnt offering or the burnt sacrifice, right, it is simply defined as an ascent or a stairway denoting you going up, right? Now when you add a little bit more context to this burnt sacrifice, right, it is simply talking about this, what this burnt sacrifice actually does, it prepares the way for you to actually meet God oh uh, you got to understand what is it doing it's setting the stage for you to actually have an encounter with God come on I bless the name of the most high God this is why these offerings are important right because it's preparing something for you right what is it preparing it's preparing a way for you to actually encounter God come on no longer can you remain in this low state it's time for you to come on up and meet your God it's time for you to rise up to the next level and meet your God this is why they gave the the burnt sacrifice because it is providing a way to go upward to prepare to meet God to have an encounter with God right then the scripture talks about how not only did they offer the burnt sacrifice but they offer the peace offerings right and the peace offerings is simply defined that it's a sacrifice for alliance or friendship right remember how God spoke to uh, 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 uh was it Moses face to face like he was his friend right he called Abraham his friend so this is what the peace offering is doing. It becomes a sacrifice for an alliance or friendship with God. And so in other words, to put a little more context on the peace offering, right, it is bringing you back into covenant of peace with God. This is what the peace offering do. It's bringing you back into a covenant of peace back with God. So mind you, if you have error, if you have sin, if you have missed the mark, this is what the burnt offering and the peace offering is now doing. It's bringing you back into right standing so that when you you meet God, we talk about the word encounter, right? One of the definitions for encounter is a an hostile encounter, right? It, it, it talks about to meet as an adversary. But when I present God with this burnt offering and with this actual peace offering, it's eliminating me being able to meet God as him being my adversary. Uh, but it's opening the door. It's preparing the way for me to meet God in a face-to-face -face or a pleasant meeting. Why? Because the peace offering is bringing me back into a covenant of 
peace with God. So when I sin, listen, I ain't got to worry about whether or not God is about to get me. Oh, I bless his wonderful name right there. It's about to be a pleasant face-to-face meeting with God. You talk about that's the type of encounter I want where he's saying, mm, I'm pleased with you, my son. Huh? I miss you coming into my presence. I miss you speaking to me. I miss your worship. I miss your confession. Mm, I'm talking about that type of encounter, right? So now that we've talked about the burnt offerings and, and, and the peace offerings, right? We go down into verse number two and it says, it says, and when David had made an end of offering. Now again, it's the Levitical order that's offering these sacrifices, right? Or these offerings per se. But David being the king, he said, okay, enough. We, we, we've, we've done what we needed to do, right? We've, we've, we've prepared the way that we can now go up and we can now meet God in peace. Enough. And thank God for somebody that's sensitive to say, okay, uh, we done what we need to do in order to now get into his presence, right? Again, they're welcoming God into the city of Jerusalem, back into their midst, right? But it's not just good enough to welcome God into your geographical location, but you got to prepare this mobile temple so that you can welcome God into this mobile temple, right? And David is sensitive enough to say, listen, okay, enough. We've offered what we need to offer. The way has been prepared. The way has been made, right? And then the scripture talks about he blessed the people in the name of the Lord, right? So this is what you got to understand about David in this bless, right? Now, the Hebraic word picture gives us the definition of this right here. Think about David doing this right here. He's, he's extending his hands and he's opening his hands as he's placing his hands over or toward the direction of the people of God. And bless means to speak or blessings are the words that the father would speak over his children right so whether that's a literal father speaking over his children think about Jacob or Jacob speaking over his 12 sons or think about the father that being God speaking over his people this is what David is doing is standing proxy as the as the king or the father of the nation he's extending his hands and opening his hands and he's now declaring blessings over the people so in the Hebrew word picture tells us bless simply is talking about to have an open hand denoting that you are covered as I'm speaking and pronouncing these blessings over you you are actually covered you know what I mean as these blessings are coming upon you as well it also speaks about the son right Israel Israel remember this was the name that was changed from Jacob to Israel denoting he was the son of God Israel also speaks to the name being prince right so understand when we talk about this, it is saying the son, the sons of God are covered is what David is saying. As I speak and pronounce blessings over you, it's not just the word of God that's covering you or the presence of God that's covered. You are literally covered by God, right? So now when you move a little bit more into this, right, it's, it's, it's understand this is what David is doing as the king or the father. He has the authority to speak and pronounce blessings upon the people, right? So thank God. You ought to say thank God for the blessing right there right we're not talking about the car give me the word of god give me the word of god a car's nice and a house is good but give me the word of god if i have the word of god you got to understand everything else is possible to obtain if i have the word of god see so many people get fixated they get their mind and they sight fixated upon the natural or the materialistical things uh, but if you get him if you get his word all these other things come with him that's why it says seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. See, your, your, your seek has got to change or the order of your seek has got to change. Too many people are seeking the things before they seek him. No, if you seek him first,
first, then the things will actually come. Uh, because, see, it's, it's, it's not that, 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 that you just, just want the blessing, but if you get the blesser, the blessings come from or with the blesser is what I'm trying to get you to understand, right? So tell somebody, welcome him into this place. Uh, welcome him into this place. That means to accept him with pleasure. Accept him with pleasure, right? The presence of God accepted with pleasure. He tells us, he said, and he dealt to everyone, right? After David is saying, okay, now we got the way prepared. The scriptures say he dealt to everyone. Now this has become a great festival or great feast because we have the presence of the ark of God now Coming back into our midst, we're welcoming the presence of God back into our midst. This is reason to celebrate. This is cause to pause and let's get out, shout, out, hop, out, leap, out, jump, out, dancing. This is reason to get it all going, right? Bring out the psalms, bring out the harps, uh, bring out the trumpets, bring out the horns, uh, bring out the tambourines, bring out all the instruments because we have the Ark of the Covenant. The presence of God is entering back into the city of Jerusalem. I'll tell somebody that's paused for us to take a call to actually praise his blowing different name to bless the name of the most high God that's reason to give God praise because his presence is actually coming in the midst of us right now because this is such a great festival I want you to see he talks about he dealt to every man. When you go over into 2 Samuel, it gives us a little bit more indication. It talks about how David had chose, uh, he had brought with him 30,000 chosen men, right? But then it talks about how all of Israel was there to welcome the presence of God. Now note it, all means all. All of Israel, meaning every man, every woman, every boy, every girl was there to welcome the presence of God. Do you know how many animals they had to kill? How many loaves of bread they had to bake? But he was prepared. Because think about it. Just the mere fact that he had brought 30 chosen men with him. That's 30,000. What? Loaf of bread good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine now flagon of wine is not talking about a bottle of wine when you do a little study it's talking about like a delicate uh, a, a cake of raisin or raisin cake right so delicacies right something that you don't often have every time you sit down and eat right uh, so that's what it's speaking to but look at this David was prepared for every man every woman every boy every girl they had their portion so in other words to give them a loaf of bread to give them a piece of flesh to give them a flagon of wine he said listen we dealt to everyone their portion this word dealt is talking about a divided portion meaning we have divided a portion out to them right so when we welcome God into this presence what's really happening God is saying listen there is enough of me for everyone to have a portion of me I have given to every man I have given to every woman to every boy every girl a portion of myself right this loaf of bread and this piece of good flesh talks about what and this flag of the wine denotes what a portion of something a gift gift given based upon the presence of God this is reason to celebrate and you know at celebration there were gifts right there were gifts and so David is distributing these gifts and when you dive deeper into it what it is it's an indication that there is enough of God for everyone to have a portion of God, mm -hmm. a portion of God. So understand, as, as, as we fall on down into the scripture, he said, listen, and he appointed certain of the Levites to minister, right? Certain of the Levites. This is what I like. He appointed certain 
of the Levites. Now, this word appointed simply means it's chosen for a particular job. They were chosen for a particular job. Now, we've already seen the sensitivity, right, or the discernment of David in, in, in regards to what needs to be done. Listen, have enough uh, that everybody can have a portion. Each person can have their own individual portion of all of these particular gifts, right? He was discerning and sensitive enough to say, okay, listen, we've already given enough uh, burnt offerings and peace offerings. The way has been prepared. We can actually enter in his presence and we can have a, a pleasant encounter with God, right? So thank God for a sensitive leader, right? But then we see his sensitivity and his discernment uh, taken up a notch or we see it on display even the more when it talks about he, David appointed, David chose what certain men for a particular job out of the Levites, right? Now think about, remember the Levites, remember the Levites, you know, of the tribe of Levi, right? Coming out of the son of Levi, right? They, they're the ones who were ordained for, for the holy uh, 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 particular jobs and things of that nature where they were kept for the tabernacle, right? Especially the mobile tabernacle, right? You had certain ones who would actually carry, now the priests and things like this, they would go in and offer the sacrifice, but you had certain Levites who would carry the Ark of the Presence. You had certain Levites who would stand guard at the doorpost, right? And then what you see David is now instituting is this 24-7 worship. So you had they would come do their jobs perform their job for a week at a time and then the next crew would come and do what they had to do for a week at a time so certain things or these holy things pertaining to the tabernacle whether it was breaking down the tabernacle and, and carrying the tabernacle to the next destination that was all done by the Levites right so that's 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 something about the Levites one of the other key things about the Levites remember 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 when 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 when, when Moses went up before God and he stayed at the 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain of God Mount Sinai right and the people got so discouraged and they became a fearful like what happened to Moses and, and, and they told Aaron to bake us a God and Aaron was like okay give me all your gold give me all your earring all your braces all your anklets all your necklaces and all of your gold teeth give me that too and he burned it and he fashioned and made a calf and they began to bow down and worship this false God well the only ones who didn't worship were the Levites and while Moses was up in the presence of God God said listen do you hear that there is a strange noise that's taking place at the bottom of the mountain and God now says now you need to go deal with your people he says actually separated himself he's saying these are your people Moses uh, you need to go deal with them and when Moses gets down, he comes and he finds that the people are actually bowing down to this golden cap that they've erected, except for the Levites, right? And because the Levites did not bow down to this golden calf, where they begin to give their worship unto this false god, this idol god, remember, the Lord was saying, you got to choose now. Are you with me, the one true God, or are you going to fall prey to these idol gods and fall to a slave? into idol worship and, and, and the Levites drew a line in the sand and said we're with you Moses and Moses gave the order take out your sword and fall upon your own brother mm, fall upon your own brother in other words take out the infection oh and you got to understand there was a people in the midst of us our own brothers and sisters who were infected with something
something called idol worship. And see, listen, they love them enough, but they love God more to say, listen, whatever you say, Jehovah, I bow down to you. You are my God. You are my Lord. You are master. And if you say fall upon my own blood, I will do it. Oh, to rid us of this infection, this infection of idol worship. And can you imagine slaughtering your own brother, slaughtering your own sister, uh, killing your nephew and your niece? Oh, they had to get past their emotions and get past their feelings because if we don't deal with this and deal with it quick, oh, the people, the people, the nation is in jeopardy of falling prey to idol worship. And so because they actually obeyed and because they failed to fall prey and worship this idol, God, listen. God began to transfer what was meant for the first son. You got to understand the firstborn son is meant for the firstborn son to have the inheritance of the father, right? Now you got to understand all, when you look at all the different tribes, you know, coming from the different sons. They each had a portion of land that they were given except the Levites. The Levites were spread out amongst all the 12 tribes, right? Where it's where they will be living in these different towns amongst the tribes, right? That they would set up these cities of refuge or towns of refuge that if anybody fell upon somebody else, meaning if anybody slaughtered somebody else, whether it was accidental, whatever the case may be, they can now come to where the Levites are and they will actually find a refuge. So listen, that's if me, if I murdered Minister Brandon's baby boy or something like that, right? I can run to where the Levites are, these towns of refuge, right? If it was incidental, right? In order to prevent him from taking vengeance out upon me, I'm safe in this town of refuge with the Levites, right? Now, it was the hopes of by abiding amongst the Levites, these men and women who are upright and living according to the standard and the ways of God. It will rub off on me and I will become more like them, devoted to God, committed to God, and loyal to God. You got to understand, right? So think about these Levites, right? Going back to the inheritance, the inheritance was, was meant for the firstborn son, but because the Levites failed to fall down and worship these idol gods, the inheritance was given to them. The scripture tells us that the Lord is their inheritance. Ah, see, you still worried about the tangible things, the, uh, uh, the materialistical things that you're going to get. Listen, they got the presence of God. Ah, this what makes them special. We got the presence of God. The Lord is our portion. So when we talk about what David was distributing amongst the people, this loaf of bread, this good piece of flesh, and the flag and the wine, it denotes the gifts, right, or the portion of God himself, right? So understand as the Levites, they have a portion of God. Oh, see, you can have all the money, but give me God. Huh? Uh, you can have the nice car, but give me God. You can have the fancy house, but give me God. You can have six zeros in your bank, but give me God. Oh, so you can have all of that, but not have him. I would rather have God um, to him to be my portion. And you got to understand, what are you doing with the portion of God that God has given you? That piece of himself that he's giving you. Well, his spirit, his presence. You got to think about the ministry that he's giving you, the gifts and the talents that he's placed on the inside of you. What are you doing with the presence or the peace of God that God has given you as a portion of himself? Are you handling it properly so that the glory of God will be revealed or manifested in your life? Or are you mishandling the portion that God has given you? Oh, are you using it for all? All the wrong reasons you using it to actually benefit yourself right oh but hold up pump your brakes listen he gave it because he was giving you a portion of himself you don't understand how precious that is to have a portion
portion of God to say that that's yours. God gave me a piece of himself. Uh, he, I have his spirit. I have his presence. I have his word. But not only that, I have a ministry. Oh, it might not be big. I might not be speaking to thousands of people. But the small thing, listen, uh, it's anointed by God. And the glory of God is seen in this thing. You got to understand, I ain't going to do it how nobody, I'm going to do it how God told me to do it. And, you, and that's where the glory of God is going to be seen because I honor God that he's given me a portion of himself. When I think about my marriage, it is a ministry. God gave me a portion of himself. When I think about my babies, listen, uh, I'm giving them back to God. That is a portion of himself. You got to understand, God has given you a portion of himself. What are you doing with the portion of God that he's given you? Are you handling it properly or are you mishandling the portion of God that he's given unto you, right? So understand, he says he appoints a certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord. To ministers to talk about sir now let's give you another image of this right when we go over to one of my favorite scriptures Romans come here Paul help us in Romans chapter number 12 verse number one it says I beseech you therefore brothers by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service your reasonable service that service in the Greek is talking about worship right your service is your worship so to give you an image you are supposed to bring yourself as the living sacrifice presenting yourself as the living sacrifice this is what we're seeing that's happening now so when we go back right David, with his keen sense of discernment, he's appointing certain men to actually, of the Levites, to minister, to serve, or to worship before the ark of the Lord. The presence of God. I'm talking about to do this in the company of the ark or to do this in the company of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord. Right now, there's a there's a word right here. It says to minister before the ark of the Lord. Right. When you talk about this word before, it talks about to be in front of or in the presence of denoting encounter. Right. So listen, you can't be in his presence and, and act or do or say whatever you want to say. There's a certain way you're supposed to come before the presence of a king he is the king of kings and he is the lord of lords so when i come into his presence there was a certain way that i come into the presence of his majesty you got to understand right and they're coming to serve they're coming to worship him listen so it says he appointed Certain of the Levites to minister before the ark of the presence, right? Or in the presence or in the presence of God, denoting face to face, denoting encounter, right? And it says they're going to do this, this minister serve, or we know it as worship before the presence of God. And it says, and to record and to thank and praise the Lord God of Israel, right? I like this, right? Because see, some of y'all will bypass this word record, right? Uh, it says to record, right? When you talk about record, right? Not only are you dead, somebody dead as a scribe uh, to jot down what God is saying as we enter into worship. Uh, see, that's good when God is speaking some things. It, it's always a good thing when God is speaking a fresh word or a new word but I like this aspect of record right here somebody has already brought before God something he already said and said listen God remember you said this right here so when they're bringing the record before God it's not that we're transcribing just new things but we're also bringing back to God what he already said oh come on worshiper when you get in his presence this is where you bring that request what God has already said said to you before because now you're bringing it before the forefront of
of God. You're keeping it before his eyes that he can look upon it again. Not that he ever forgot, but you're bringing it back to the remembrance of God, causing God to remember, causing God to recall what he spoke, what he said he was going to do pertaining to your life. Oh, I wish somebody would go ahead and bless his wonderful name right there. Thank God for those that are scribes who are writing down the words of God, the promises of God. Listen, not just the new things, but that thing that he spoke three months ago, that thing that he spoke two years ago. When you get in his presence, this is where you're supposed to lay that thing and say, God, remember you said this right here. See, let me tell you what I do. There was a specific Bible that I have at home. It's called my prayer Bible. It's called my worship Bible. It's called my praise Bible, right? Uh, when I feel like my back is up against the wall, that's when I pull out this Bible. It's about this thick. You got to understand it, the cover is blue, right? Hey, one of my favorite colors, right? And you got to understand it's all raggedy and torn up on the side, denoting that I use this thing. But it's my actual Bible that I lay my literal body upon. Or it's my actual Bible that I walk and I'm embracing and I'm hugging because it is the word of God. The living word of God and I understand God your word you cannot separate yourself from your word so the fact that I'm embracing my Bible I am embracing you God I'm embracing your word I'm embracing your presence God I'm embracing your spirit God and you got to understand I lay on top of this Bible when I feel like it's a serious thing listen I lay right on top of this Bible I go to certain scriptures that that I'm dealing with that that I'm looking for God to do and I quote and I pray I recite I rehearse and I speak the word of God listen listen Listen, if anything God is going to honor, it is his own word. There's sometimes, I, listen, I'm not eloquent enough. Uh, I'm not sophisticated enough to speak what I'm really trying to say. There's sometimes I don't even know what it is that I'm trying to say. But you said it best, God, so I'm going to find it in your word, God. And I'm going to give you back your word because I know that you'll honor your word. I also know everything going down but the word of God. So I'm going to give you back your word because you love your word, God. You love your own word. So I'm going to give you back your own word. And you got to understand, it's when I do that, I lay atop that Bible and I weep and I will and I cry before the Lord and I'm giving God his word. Why? Because I'm bringing the record before God. This is what you said, God. You cannot separate yourself from your word. You told me in your word that you're not a man that you shall lie, nor you're the son of man that you shall repent, God. If you said it, you shall bring it to pass. It shall be exactly how you said it, God. Now, it may take some time, but listen, it shall be. Also tell somebody, thank God for the record. Thank God there is a record, not just in heaven, but listen, he's recording what's taking place here in the earth realm. There is a record. And listen, there are Levites who are scribing when God speaks a new word, but there are also Levites who are reminding God, God just said this about Israel. You said this about Judah, God. You said this about King David, God. You said this about MK, God. You said this about Shekinah, God. You said this about Pastor Ivan, God. You said this about Genesis, God. Oh, you got to bless this wonderful. I have a record of what God has said. And see, my ears are open to hear because I've allowed God to dig out my ears and prepare my ears uh, that when he speak, I'm ready to hear. We talk about the Shema. I don't have to understand it, God. When you speak, my mind is already made up, God. I'm going to obey what I hear you speaking, God. That's the Shema of the word. And so I'm ready to hear what God is saying. The new word, the fresh word. He said, and to record and to think and pray. Listen, do you see what's happening in the presence of God? This is when you get in the presence or get in the glory of God, right? They're thanking God. Somebody's over there saying, thank you. This is why I think because he's good. Thank you. He's a good God. Thank you because he's a father to the fatherless. Thank you. He's a friend to the friendly. Thank you. He's a mother to them. You know how the old folks say thank you because he's good. When? All the time and all the time he's good. And somebody is praising saying, hallelujah. Huh? I bless 
bless his wonderful name. How great thou art. God, you're so worthy of the praise. God. Oh, God, thank you, Jesus. Uh, uh, somebody saying, let him be praised. Uh, let God be praised. Uh, bless the name of the most high God. Somebody is praising him and somebody is thanking him and somebody is scribing and somebody is recalling and bringing back to the attention of God. You got to understand, this is what worshipers are doing, right? And see, I can recall these are things that I do, right? After I enter from the courts, denoting the place of praise, right? And enter into his presence, there are times that I'm saying, God, you're worthy because you are Jehovah. God, you're worthy because you are at the night. God, you're worthy because you are the most high, right? And then every now and then I say, oh, hallelujah, God, a praise slips out of my mouth although i'm in the presence of god still praise still finds its way out of my mouth because he's worthy of my praise he's worthy of the glory worthy of the honor he's worthy of my adoration he's worthy of my admiration Right? So understand, I'm not messing up when I get into his presence where you think it's just about me just telling him who. Yes, I'm doing that. But every now and then, praise slips out of my mm, Thank you. You're so good. God, thank you. Because I'm remembering that God said he's going to do it. And I'm saying, God, thank you. Oh, I'm giving God praise. Oh, God, thank you. And after I thank him, I say, hallelujah, Jesus, because I trust that he's going to do it. Mm. I bless his wonderful name, right? So now listen, listen, listen. We said David, he had a keen sense of discernment, right? The boy was sensed that he was a bad somebody. It tells us, he said, listen, he chosen certain or appointed certain men for a particular job. That is to minister, to have us, to, to have an encounter with God as we welcome God back into this place, right? Uh, as we uh, welcome him with pleasure. Listen, we got people who are recording fresh words, people who are recalling back to God. Remember, you said this right here, God, last. You said this three years ago. You said this in January, God. You told us that the cameras are coming, God. You told us that this is a year of encounter, God. That we would encounter you and you would allow us to encounter your word, God. Somebody's constantly reminding God of what he said, right? In the presence of God, and somebody's thanking God, and somebody's praising the Lord God of Israel. Out of these certain people, he begins to tell us who he's chosen. He said, Asaph. The chief, right? And next to him, Zechariah, Jael, Shem, my Ramoth. Mm, Shem, your boy Shem, right? We're going to get into the Asaph, he's the chief, right? The chief. Asaph, his name means gatherer. Come on, Renisha. Oh, we for those that got the spirit of a gatherer on them. We know how to get the people together, right? And not only do we just get the people together, but we're getting the people together for a specific reason. We are welcoming the spirit of God, the presence of God back into the midst of us. Come on. It's not just good to get them to the house, uh, but you got to get and understand the reason why they're coming to the house. We're coming for a specific purpose. When we welcome God into the Mister, uh, we are supposed to come with open hearts and worship God from the depths of our soul, letting God know that he's worthy, letting God know that we adore him, letting God know that he is God and God alone and beside him there is no other God. That's why they say the Lord God of Israel. There is no other God for Israel. There is no other God for me, Lincoln. There should be no other God for you but the Holy One of Israel. 
Come on, gatherers. And then he tells us Zechariah. Zechariah is interpreted as Jehovah. Rem oh. See, remember there's some scribes who are called him back to God's remembrance, right? I want to speak to your nature. I want to speak to your character that says you remember. Jehovah remembers. Oh, God. Remember, 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 God, when I was on my face, God, and I was wedding. Remember, remember, I was down there moaning and I was groaning, God, and you interpret this moaning groan, God. Remember, remember, God, your spirit came such a heaven upon me, God, and I just began to speak in my tongues, God, and you interpreted what my tongues were saying unto me, God. Remember what you spoke to me, God. Oh, come on. Come on. We need somebody to call back to God's remembrance. God, you said this, God. You said you're going to do this right here. Then we have your boy. Jael, right? His name means God sweeps away. And see, you want to know why I can come out of the presence of God, out of the glory of God, after having an encounter with God, come out confidence because God swept away everything that was troubling me. Huh? You got to understand everything that tried to get me emotion, sweep it away, God. Uh, you want some book? Let's go Bible. The Bible lets us know when you begin to dig into it, when it talks about God was a pillar cloud by day and a fire cloud by night, right? What it's actually talking about when you do a study on that, this pillar cloud was like a sweeper. Everything that all the enemies that was trying to come in the front or in the back, it's like the presence of God was sweeping it out the way. Listen, you don't even realize enemies that came in the middle of the night, you didn't get attacked because God was sweeping them out your way. The enemy tried to attack in your dreams, but the God swept it away. Thank God that God is sweeping things out of your way. Some things that should have attacked you, some things that you should have encountered, and not coming from the side of like uh, you didn't encounter it, you didn't have any opposition because God swept that thing away before morning ever came here. You didn't even understand that. That's why your sleep was so peaceful and restful and sound because God swept that thing out of your path before it ever got to you. So thank God that God sweeps away. Then come on, Shem, my boy Shem, right? His name means name of heights. Uh, his, his name is interpreted name of heights, right? Denoting that the name of God is exalted. Uh, we need somebody in this presence and God be exalted. Uh, see, when I get into the presence of God, there are times that simple phrases from the spirit of God would just come out of my mouth. And one of the last times, this was a couple of days ago, I, I, I was praying. And, and after I would pray, I'm going to give you an example of what I was doing. I would just say, God, mm, in my obedience right now obedience in my obedience was my prayer but the phrase that came up out of my spirit that God wanted me to cook it was coming at the end of everything I said this it was this God in my obedience be exalted <laughs> oh God when you come into my heart be exalted God when I give you the praise be exalted when I worship you in spirit and truth be exalted we need somebody lifting up the name of Christ we need somebody lifting up the name of Jehovah Yahweh Adonai Yeshua we need somebody to exalt his name, make his name become greater, make his name be so high that no other name can compare to his name. No other name can even rise to the level that we place his name on because we exalt it so high. We need somebody to exalt the name of God. Let his name be praised. See, that's a good place to let God be praised, right? Because when you let God be praised, meaning you allow God to be praised, you are allowing the presence of God. You are allowing the name of God to be exalted, not just in your geographical location, but in your atmosphere in your mind in your heart in your soul down in your spirit man listen you are causing the name of God to be exalted in your situation the circumstance that you're dealing with the problem the issue that you're facing the sin that's trying to come against you and take you up you are causing the name of God to be exalted I wish somebody would go ahead and exalt the name of the most high God lift up the name of Jesus he said if I be lifted up I would draw all men unto me 
the rebellious man, the disobedient man, the fearful man, the lying man, the perverted man. If you if you lift him up, he'll draw all men. Un Listen, you know there are different versions of your time. You don't want to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it. Listen, if he had not saved you, if he had not washed you with his blood, there are different versions of yourself. There's that nasty you. There's that perverted you. There's that rebellious you. There's that lazy you. There's that sarcastic you. There's that rejected you. That low self-esteem you. Oh, but thanks be unto God. He He's washed me. He's cleansed me. He's raising me up. And I'm going to keep letting the name of God be exalted in my life. Uh, so come on, come on, come on. My boy Shem, right? His name means the name of heights, right? Meaning it calls the name of God to be exalted. And then we have Jahiel, right? It means God lives, right? He lives. When you think about testimony, whatever God has done for you, it's a testimony right denoting there is some type of test that you've gone through and it was God who calls you to actually pass or succeed in this test right now the Bible tells us or speaks about the testimonies of the Lord right even though you think it's your testimony, it's really the testimony of God. Whatever God has done for you, it's really the testimony of God. And the importance of a testimony, when you dive into it from a Hebrew perspective, testimony is this right here. It is proof that God exists. Mm. Whenever God does something for you, whenever God does something for me, it is proof that God exists. Uh, not just out here in the world, you understand. Not just a God that's out here in the clouds and past space in the third heaven and a God that's omnipresent. It is proof that God exists in my life. It is proof that God exists in my relation with him. It is proof that God exists when I call on his name. It is proof that God exists when I wave my hands. It is proof that God exists when I say, let God be prayed. It is proof when I, he exists in my life. When I extend my hands in worship and say, thou art worthy. It is proof that he exists when I say, be exalted, O God, O King of glory. Uh, it is proof that he exists in my life. And that's, and that's what you got to understand. God tell somebody he's living and but he lives in my life there is proof that he lives in my life there is proof that he exists in my life as we press through the name he said and Mattathiah right whose name means gift of Jehovah now God is reminding you remember David gave them what a, a good piece of flesh a loaf of bread and he also gave them a flag of wine these these raisin cakes these delicacies right remaining God has given you a portion or a gift of himself oh, tell somebody I got a gift from God yes I do I got a gift from God and listen I'm gonna give him a gift back see now that's 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 the reciprocity uh, a principle right you, you understand where you give to somebody and they're persuaded to give back to you. So God is giving you a gift. You should be persuaded to give God a gift back. It's, it's called the principle of reciprocity. You got to understand, right? And so this is my thing. And it's a real principle that works, right? And you got to understand God is giving you a gift that gifts when you think about the gifts and talents. But more importantly, he's giving you a portion of himself, whether that's ministry or the spirit of God, the word of God, the presence of God. You should be inclined to give God a gift back. If the persuasion principle is true, you should be inclined to give God a gift back see that's why I don't have a problem giving him my free will offering um, because my free will offering is an indication of what I think and what I feel about God because uh, uh, when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me I don't mind blessing his wonderful name with my praise uh, but I don't mind blessing him with a little couple you understand what I'm saying it's an indication of what I feel and think about God and so what I'm trying to get you to understand you should be inclined to give God a gift back. and for most of you the gift that God's want he know it ain't your money he want although your money is good i'm not saying that you don't give your money because listen 
we give our time and we give our offers, right? Some of you have mastered giving your money, but you have not mastered giving you. He wants you, the living sacrifice, present you as a living sacrifice. And he told you, holy, acceptable unto the Lord. That's the gift. That's the gift, right? So then he tells us in Eliab, and in Eliab it talks about my God is Father. So now you got these, these worshipers in the presence of God, and somebody is saying, mm, blowing kisses, mm, oh, your father. Huh. Ah, see, some of y'all, y'all don't know about that, right? Over in the book of Psalms, it talks about blowing God a kiss. Mm, oh, this is me loving on God. Oh, God, mm, oh, come on, man. You got to come outside of your manhood and understand that he's father and blow God some kisses, letting him I know that I adore him, letting him know that I honor him, letting him know that I admire him. Listen, you got my attention, God. You have my affection, God. I want you to know it's all about you. Everything's come second to who you are. It's all about you because your father, your father, your father, your father, your father. And after Iliad, it talks about Benaniah, right? Benaniah talks about Jehovah has built, right? Again, why I can come out of the presence of God with so much confidence after I worship because he's built me up. Mm. Yes, he has. He's taken his word, placed his word down on the inside. He's laid his hands upon me and gave me comfort. He's reassured me with this word. I will do what it was that you came and requested. I will accomplish this thing. I will cause it to come to pass. And he's built me up. He's built my self-esteem up. He's built my faith up. He's built my hope up. He's built my confidence up that he will honor what he said he's going to do. So thank God that Jehovah has built. Oh, you got to understand. See, I like to say like this is a where I've been torn down, God build me up. Because oh, see, there were some places you can't even properly articulate. You've been broken down and torn down. People have come to, to just tear you down in places. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? And you just broke and feel like, you know, everything you give to God is raggedy. Everything you give to God is broken. It ain't, ain't, ain't worth much. But listen, listen, listen. Don't you be discouraged. He has the ability, the capability, the power to build broken things up, uh, to mend your heart back together. All the broken people of your heart he has the ability to put it back together so thank God when you go into the presence of God God can build you up that when you leave his presence you leave out confident then he says listen and Obed-Edom come see Obed-Edom he already had the presence of God for three months and so David was strategic even saying okay Obed-Edom we need somebody who is accustomed to being in the presence of God his name means servant of Edom but we're simply gonna say servant right we need somebody who know what it is to serve in the presence of God oh, to help us understand what it is to be a servant in the presence of God to help us understand how to serve in the presence of God listen Obed help us uh, when we go into his and tell us what we're supposed to do tell us what we're not supposed to do uh, because we want God to be pleased uh, as we welcome him but also as God welcomes us into his presence we want God to be pleased with so tell us how to get God to be pleased with us uh, when we go into his presence so that we can serve him so that the glory of God is on display Oh, tell somebody, thank you for the Obed-Edoms, those who, who, who abide in the presence of God. I'm not talking about just visit the presence of God. They know how to move once they get into the presence of God. Oh, 
Oh, see, I can remember when I would be in worship. Different times, God would say, put your arms out like this. Huh? He would say, lift them up high like this. He would say, now turn them towards me like this. He would say, now, now begin to slowly bring them back down. He would tell me, put one hand on your heart and bring the other one out like this. Sway me. He would say, now woo me like this right here. He would tell me how to move my hands and understanding moving my hands in certain way. It was body language. He wanted my body to speak to him. It's just like a dance with God. When you're dancing, all of your body is actually involved in this activity of dancing. So as God would tell me to do different things and move my, he wanted all the activity of my, listen, I'm a jealous guy. My name is Jealous. I don't want not one member of your body giving its attention or its energy to nothing else. Let all of your activity of your body, let it be unto me. Give it to me. I want it all. I want it all. I want you thinking about me. I want what you think about me to bring up real emotion. Feel something about me. That's why the tears start rolling down your face because you feel something about him. Based upon as I was speaking, the words become aloud to me and I begin to feel, oh, you are my father. You are worthy. You are my Lord. You are my healer. You are my deliverer. I will begin to feel it as I thought about it. Oh, and real emotions will well up on the inside of me till I'm weeping and crying and I don't even have any more words to express. Now I'm just weeping. I'm just moaning and groaning and while I'm doing it, he said, put your hands out. Yeah, come on. Now bow down before me. Get on your face. Uh, bow down on your knees. Uh, bow your head down before me. He would tell me what to do. He want. I want all the activity of who you are. I want your mind on me. I want your heart on me. I want the attention of your heart. And now I want the activity of your body. Hmm. Thank you for the obed Edoms, right? And then he tells us, and Jael, right? We see Jael again. We already talked about Jael. His, his name means God lives. We already see that, right? Or God sweeps away. Wrong name. God sweeps away, right? We're going to go ahead and go past him, right? He, he says what, right? He said, they have the psalteries and the harps, right? So bring your musical instruments, right, into the presence of God, right? And if you don't have a tambourine, if you don't have a horn, if you don't have a, a trumpet, if you don't have a keyboard, no drum beat, listen, listen, he created you with a rhythm when he created you he created you with a rhythm on the inside listen shh, just get quiet for a second shh, 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 shh. did you hear your heart beating he's created you with rhythm on the inside come on move to the rhythm that he's created you with on the inside bring the instrument of your voice uh, when you begin to oh father you are god you're wonderful huh your counselor god your majesty god you are you are you are you are come on Bring your instruments before him. And it says, but Asaf made sounds with the symbols. With the symbols. And remember Paul talked about, listen, if you have not love, you can speak with tongues of men and angels. But if you have not love, it's just like you making a bunch of noise on symbols and things like this. Right. So denoting when we come to the symbols, when Paul uses indicating love, if you don't have love, it just sounds like a bunch of noise on symbols. But it becomes a joyful noise on the symbols, and indeed you hear the perfected sound of the symbols when the love is on display. Also, in worship, this is a demonstration of my love towards my God. Uh, my love and my affection is on display towards my God. Uh, so now it just doesn't sound like a bunch of clanging and banging, but you can actually hear the keen sound of the symbol. Oh, you got to understand the intricate sound of the symbol. Move 
moving from the bell on the cymbal to the outward rims of the cymbal. You can hear the intricacies of how this, this, this instrument develops and makes and produces sound. Oh, come on. But it's talking about your love. This should be a demonstration of, of your love on display for your God. Then he tells us, Benaiah. Right. And we already know what Benaiah name means. It talks about Jehovah has built. Right. He said, and also Jehaziel. Right. Jehaziel, who means beheld of God. See, when you're in the presence of God, it's not just you beholding God. You get to behold God when you're in his presence and understanding that. Oh, this is why he's so worthy. This is why I remain in awe of God. This oh God, he's so holy. Yeah, he's so righteous. He's so merciful. He's full of grace. Oh, he is the embodiment of love. But not only do you get to behold God, but Jehaizah, a worshiper, a Levite is telling us God beholds you. Mm. This is why you can say, I am the apple of God's eye because he's beholding me, right? And when you study that out as in the Hebraic concepts being the apple of God's eye, it's denoting that no matter what direction God looks in, he always sees you. Ha. You can't get away from the eye of God. I don't care if God is looking in the north and, and I'm way over here in the southern parts of the United States. He still sees me. I don't care if God is looking in the Middle East. Guess what? Because I'm the apple of his eye. He still sees me. I am beheld of God. He sees me as the apple of his eye. I wish somebody would go ahead and let God be praised right there. I'm trying to push you beyond the course and I'm trying to push you beyond the veil into that secret place, into the presence of God to abide in the glory of God so that you can behold God but also be held of God. Oh, I'm trying to get you to come outside of yourself and go further into the presence of God where you can adore him where you can honor him where you can tell him he's worthy where you can show and demonstrate your love and affection toward your God he says Benaiah also and Jehaziel the priests with trumpets trumpets continually before the ark of the presence now if you don't have the literal trumpet listen continually denoting they don't just visit or frequent the presence of God they abide in the presence of God now I get it what David was instituting was 24-7 worship the, the, the Levites like we told you they had specific jobs some would carry the tabernacle right then when they would break it down and carry the tabernacle some would stand and guard the entrances of the door some would carry the ark they was responsible for carrying the ark of the presence some would come in like we see them record and give God praise and worship and all these different things right but it says it did this continually. Now notice, because of this thing that David is instituting 24-7, they will have a week where certain ones will actually perform their duties. Once their week is up, the next group will come. Boom. But it kept them going 24-7 continually. So what am I saying? When they were there for the duration of their week, their attention was solely upon God. They stayed or remained in the presence of God. Listen, the phone call didn't distract. Mm. See, you can be in his presence and become so sensitive that even you don't have to know who called it, but you can sense whether or not it's an emergency or whether I just need to ignore that phone call. Used to be some of y'all was that sensitive, but now every time you get in prayer, you can't get past the gates. Why? Because you allow yourself to answer the phone call. You got all these different beeps and chimes that keeps pulling on your attention and you can't Fully give God your affection and your attention. You can't fix your eyes and fix your heart on God uh, because some of you don't even understand. It's called the cell phone for a reason. This has become your new 
prison, right? This has become your new God. You, are, you, you become a prisoner to this God, this thing, this small handheld device, cell denoting you are now in prison because this thing keeps you looking down. And when I say God, because you have not placed your head in a bowing position denoting that you are in a posture of worship to this small handheld device. Uh, this small handheld device has become a prison, but not only has it become a prison, it has become and taken the place of God for some of y'all. It's your God. It's your God. If this is all you do, oh, some of y'all are in trouble. You're in a prison. Your head is in a bowed position denoting worship. This, is, this has become your new God. And look, you stay continually in the presence of this thing. Soon as you wake up in the morning, you're reaching over, uh, reaching over trying to find your cell phone. Not not waking up, turning over, saying, lifting your hand, saying, God, thank you for opening my eyes. Thank you for letting me see another day. Thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you for the activity of my life. Thank you for your spirit. No, you're reaching over, scrolling on Facebook, checking out the gram and checking out the TikTok and all of this. This has become your new God. You can be sensitive to the fact that you don't need an alarm clock. Oh, listen, listen. He created you with an internal clock. It's, it's talking about your circadian rhythm. He's created you with a, a, a rhythm on the inside, an internal clock. You can be so sensitive to God. There are times I don't even need no alarm to wake me up because I've disciplined myself. I just automatically jump up at the time that I'm accustomed to getting up to go meet God. But some of you depend on this too much. It has become your God. You are so sensitive to this. You can't even go in the bathroom without bringing this. You can't even go to the table and sit down with your family without bringing this. You drag your little God with you. It's everywhere with you. You don't see how you become a prisoner to this. And you stay continually in his presence rather than staying or abiding in the presence of the most holy God. And for some of you, you try to figure out, well, why? Well, why isn't God honoring and answering? Because you have got another idol in your life. You have been led astray by idol worship. This has become your golden calf. Levite, come on, stand up. And you got to readjust yourself and refocus yourself. And you got to turn away and turn away from this idol worship. Where you can come back to being a true worshiper. Worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Come on, welcome God into this place. Listen, I called my house. I used to call the pastor's house, Israel. Like, listen, you know, because we stayed out far, we had to travel to get out there. You'd be like, listen, we about to go up to Israel. Didn't even understand why I was doing it. But I called my house, Jerusalem. <laughs> I want God to know my house is the city of David. My house is Zion, God. It is the city of worship, God. Come, this is where worship abides. Now, there's another place that I be traveling to way out there in the sticks towards South Carolina somewhere, you know, close to Monroe. I call that the Gaza Strip. So these people got me going way out here to the Gaza Strip. <laughs> got me traveling out here to the Gaza Strip. But I told God, my house is Jerusalem. I welcome you into this place. 
not just my geographical location, but God, I want you to know you're welcome into this mobile temple, this mobile sanctuary. I welcome you. Matter of fact, if you don't come and abide in this temple or even in my geographical location, it's a hollowed out place. It's an empty place, God. It's, it's, it's nothing without you. You're the reason for it. I wouldn't have it if it had not been for you. So because you did it, come and abide with us, God. I keep the atmosphere conducive so that the spirit of God would abide with us. Uh-huh. Meaning there is praise that is going on throughout the house. I got to have no reason other than he's God. Uh, I just get up and I thank you, God. Hey, I just think about him. I say, ah, you're good, God. I think about him. I say, hallelujah. You got to understand, got to have no reason other than he's God. And if I stay in that place of praise long enough, because you can't stay in that place of praise long enough and then not begin to see God for who he is. I start seeing, oh, he's a good God. He's worthy because he's good. He's worthy because he's my defense. He's worthy because he's my shield and my buckler. He's worthy because he's my strong tower. He's worthy because he's my father. He's worthy because he's my counselor. He's worthy because he's majesty. He's worthy because he is him that is seated upon the throne. And be all glory, dominion, honor, and power forever and ever. Amen. He is worthy because he's the God that was, is, and is to come. That's why we cry out. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. Mm, that's what makes him worthy. Like the 24, like the 24 angels or, or elders, the 24 elders and the four living creatures. I, 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 I want to cast my crown before you. I want to cast my glory down before you, God, and let you know there is nobody like you, God. You alone are worthy of the glory and the honor, God. There's nobody like you. I want you to know how much it matter, God. I want you to know, listen, when I tell God he's worthy, I'm saying, God, this is what the worth I ascribe to you. This is the value that I place upon you. Listen, he outweighs everything and everybody. Mm. Ooh, that, that's why he's worthy. Uh, the, the fact that he spoke to me, the fact that he spoke the truth to me, and it was the truth that he spoke spoke to me the truth that he allowed me to encounter that whom the son sets free is free indeed he's a liberator the old folks say he's a mind regulator and he's a heart that's why he's worthy when i tried to fix my own heart uh, you understand uh, with substances and with all other distractions and they still fail he was the only one that could fix my heart that's why he's worthy when i was struggling with committing suicide I'm still here because, listen, he is life and he wanted me to have life more abundant. That's why he's worthy. You don't know? Oh, you got to understand. When I was silent, he put a message in my mouth, huh? Letting me know, listen, you'll live according to your own message. Your message is Jesus the Christ uh, who was resurrected. Listen, I live because of him. That's why he's worthy. 
you got to understand when I was bound and didn't know how to get free and my result was uh, listen in order to continue to live bound I would take my own life I'm still here because he's worthy he saw what I could never see about myself. He saw the value. He saw the worth in me. He said, listen, it's something about you, boy. I want to use you. Huh? I'm going to let my glory be seen and let my glory be manifested in your life. Everybody else look over you and look past you and talks around you. But I want you to know you're the apple of my mm, That's why he's worthy. Because I'm the apple of his eye. He's beholding me. He's looking upon me while I'm fixing my eyes upon him. He's yet looking upon me. That's why he's worthy he chose me when everybody else would not choose me when everybody else was rejecting me he chose me he loved me enough to send his son if it was just me he would have still sent this son that that's why he's worthy Mm, you don't understand this is why he's worthy it's through the worship that I learned to live holy because he says be holy for I am holy this is why he's worthy he's changing my lifestyle oh you got to understand he just didn't change my appearance but he's changed my lifestyle he didn't just transform my mind but he's changed my lifestyle he's transformed and changed my appetite my desires my needs and my wants it starts and ends with him this is why he's worthy mm, like the sun's the song is saying make me whole you got to understand when I was broken when I helped to damage myself when I helped to break myself helping others to break me because I didn't understand who I was you got to understand he loved me enough to refashion me remake me in his own image and likeness that's why he's worthy he never gave up on me he never walked away he never forsaken me even when I turned my back on him he stood he kept standing like this waiting for me to return that's what makes God worthy do you hear what I'm trying to tell you? this is why he's worthy why I place so much value on him mm. there is nothing and there is no one that compares to my God ah oh, there is nothing and no one that compares to my God there's nobody like him nobody 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 that's why he's the most high God uh, he's exalted and elevated and raised higher than everything and every other individual he's the most high God that's worthy of the highest praise worthy of the highest worship which is obedience obedience is the highest form of worship and the only one that deserves my obedience my complete my full obedience is God this is why he's worthy you got to understand Oh God, you got to understand he's the reason I live and have my very being, my existence. It's because of God. I am who I am because of God. This is why he's worthy. And I'm telling you, if you ever just 
sat with and wrestled with your own thoughts, if you ever sat and wrestled with your own emotions about you, about your life and where you think you're supposed to be, even what you say, what you know God said about your life, but you, you can't fully comprehend it. You're not completely dead with everything God has said. Sometimes, listen, that thing can be quite depressing at times to say, God, I'm giving you my all, God. I'm trying the best that I know how, God, and it seems like I keep messing up and I seem like I keep but he loves me enough to keep his hand up upon me oh because like david when david extended his hand to speak blessings and bless the people it was the known in the sun you're covered huh in your mess up you still cover even when you reject me you still cover even when you walk away you still cover when you try to throw me the towel you still cover when you can't understand comprehend walk out what i said the way i said you're still covered this is why he's so worthy to me I want God to know that I welcome him. And I do it with pleasure. I am pleased to welcome God because I'm in awe that this holy being, full of glory, full of majesty, this King of kings and Lord of lords, is willing to come in my midst. He's willing to come meet me right where I am. He's not afraid that I'm imperfect. He's not afraid of that. He's not afraid that sometimes I use slang or a bun. He's not afraid of that. That some days I don't even know how to articulate some things. He's not afraid of that. That some days that my mind is running and traveling to all kind of crazy places way out here. He's not afraid of that. Some days that I feel crazy thoughts that I've thought and felt crazy things about his will, about his purpose, about my life, about some people. He's not afraid of that. He's still willing to come meet me right where I am. And because of that, I warmly welcome God. And I do it with pleasure. I'm pleased that God can look past my filth. Look past all the ugly things about me. Look past all the nasty things about me. Look past all the unlovely things about me. Look past all the ungodly things about me. Look past all the evil things about me. Look past all the wicked things about me. And still willing to come meet me right where I am. That's why my God is worthy. That's why my God, He alone is worthy of glory, honor, and praise. To Him. Mm. Uh, to him who's seated on the throne. Come on, you ought to welcome him and, and let him sit back on the throne of your heart. Do it with pleasure. Welcome God back into your heart. Welcome him back to his rightful place, the throne of your heart, and do it with pleasure. Because if you notice, Whenever David then went out to war and the, the Ark of the Covenant would accompany them, they were always victorious. Denoting that if you keep his presence, he will fight battles for you and call it your victory. <laughs> because he will never lose, I will be victorious. I encourage you, welcome God in 
to this place, your geographical location, but as well as the mobile temple back on the throne of your heart where he deserves to be. I pray you were blessed. I pray you were encouraged by the word of God on today. I pray something was spoken that would challenge you because truth comes to challenge you. It comes to confront you. It comes to convict you. But it also comes to challenge you or change you rather. I'm going to say it again. Truth comes to challenge you, confront you, convict you. But it also comes to change you. So I pray that as truth was spoken and released, that you would allow it to challenge you, allow it to confront you, allow it to convict you, and allow it to change you. Thanks for tuning in, and please make sure to visit us at churchoffilla.com for more podcasts and ways to connect with us on social, to like, subscribe, follow, and share content as it comes along. Special thanks to those who give in so many ways to this ministry. We could not do any of this without you. And if you want to give or be a part, visit churchoffilla.com forward slash give for more information. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.